are taking over your airwaves. In three, two, one. one, one, one. Click, listen, enjoy. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Broadcasting live worldwide. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Thank you for tuning in to... The Talkline Network proudly presents its flagship program, Talkline with Zev Brenner. America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. And now, your host, Zev Brenner. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. With us right now is Rabbi Khan of Pupko. He is a TED speaker, president of Eitan, the American-Israeli Jewish Network, a member of the Executive Committee of the Rabbinical Council of America, and he's written an article for uh, Times of Israel called American Orthodoxy's Political Suicide. Here's how the community sabotaged its own political interests and reached the point where mass burning and death threats were somehow acceptable. Good work. Thank you for joining us. Good work. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So... Your premise uh, that you've written the article about is that American orthodoxy has changed over the last three or four years during the Trump administration, and we no longer have the clout that we have or the respect that we had. Would that be a fair assessment of what you wrote in the article? Absolutely. The community has changed on so many levels, both internally and externally. Uh, you know, you see the, the politicization of things inside shoals, schools, yeshivas, uh, and families to an extent that you never saw in the from community before. Why do you suppose that is, in your opinion? Well, I, I think the entire country is going in a direction of uh, hyperpolarization, and that's what I gave my TED Talk a few years ago, but I never thought it would get this far that fast. Uh, and that's affecting our community, and we have to be careful. I wrote this article, and I expected uh, some blowback, uh, and I was I, I saddened to see that I got mostly positive feedback because people said, you know, I don't feel comfortable going to shul. I don't feel comfortable in the school and the yeshiva I used to be in. And, and that's a danger that we need to confront regardless of your politics. You know, we need to keep our community together. Unity is the most important factor. But it seems that according to some of the polls and what you're really alluding to, the fact is there's a tremendous amount of of support for President Trump among the Orthodox community. According to Omni yeah, Magazine, I think it may have been as high as 80, maybe it was 87%, something like that. So you have that strong support, which translated over the last four years, where you have, I wouldn't call it hero worship, but but they certainly have a lot of what's called Hakaris Hatov gratitude, and they're tremendous supporters of the president, a good good segment of the Orthodox community. You know, Zev, I think last time I was on your show, we discussed a much more peaceful topic. We discussed the Amish. 
Uh, the Amish <laughs> also support President Trump. The Mormons also support him. And yet uh, what goes on in their com communities is not comparable to what we're going through. You know, you don't have the same kind of unrest, the same kind of attacking those who don't agree. Uh, and, you know, if every single Orthodox Jew voted for President Trump, you know, that's their choice. The issue becomes when our shared space, uh, you know, becomes politicized, that's when you have a serious problem. You say it's politicized, but have you noticed a change in the Orthodox Jewish community in the last four years? Have we changed in how we interact and act? Absolutely, in a radical way. And I'll just give a few examples. Uh, so one of the figures I cited is New Square. Uh, New Square used to vote for Hillary Clinton, right? They, went, they had all the back and forth. But the bottom line is they voted for her. This time, out of 3,000 people, six voted for Biden. And uh, curious, you also, you, you never had, if you look at the numbers, you never had such absolute numbers in the firm community. You never had Hasidim dancing inside their shtibles with Trump flags and, and throwing a kiddish for his birthday. That didn't happen during uh, the time of George Bush or whatever president you may choose. You know, no one was throwing uh, a kiddish in a shtibel. In fact, to the contrary, the frumer you used to be, the less political you used to be. So if you go to a Hasidish place, uh, a Haimish place, you know, you know it's politics free. And now we have uh, the opposite situation, that often the frumer the place is, you know, the the more politicized the, the, the religious space has become. Yeah, but I think there's more of an involvement, which is a good thing in the political scene. You have Hasidic Americans, I like that term, Hasidic Americans, getting involved in the political process. You have your first Hasidic assemblyman in Brooklyn. You see a lot more of them, so they're getting involved in the process. You look even, you have more people running for city council in the from community. You have Heshi Tischler going to be announcing soon, I believe, in, to replace Chaim Deitch. You have others that are getting out in the political scene. You have some other political, orthodox political people running. So you see that change, but they want more involvement. Is involvement a bad thing? Uh, absolutely not. I, I encouraged and continue to encourage people to be uh, political and to get involved. But, uh, you know, we say in the video of Yom Kippur, um, you, 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 we did all this, but it, it wasn't worth it. And what I showed is that, you know, since there are, the vast majority of from Jews live in, in very blue states, unless you're involved in the primaries, unless you're voting Democrat, uh, your political power is gone. So it may be nice that people are, are getting involved, but it has to be done in a smart way. You know, the, the Gullus Jew was always a smart Jew, was always a Kluge Jew. He always was able to see, you know, the, the changing winds and, and to be effective. And we're losing that. Uh, you know, if any any two uh, radical alliance makes you lose the ability to see wisely. And so, you know, when we live in a city like New York City, a state like New York State, New Jersey, Maryland, and, and we're known to everyone as such uh, radically red people, that's a huge, uh, sh we're shooting ourselves in the leg. Was it wrong for the Orthodox community to to support with such great fervor the presidency of Donald Trump? So, it, you know, there's internally and externally. If every single from person thought they wanted to vote for him and they can vote for him, you know, gesunte hate. The, the issue becomes when the, the governor, the mayor, at every member of city council sees people dancing on 13th Avenue with Trump flags, uh, that really hurts the community. And by the way, I heard this from people who are elected officials. I asked them, you know, what do you think the 
impact is going to be of what's been going on between the Frum community and the city and state. And they said the scenes of the Trump flags when there was such hostility between New York and the administration, that's going to hurt the community. You're referring to rally in Borough Park. You're talking about the one with uh, where you had that home malay in 13th Avenue. Is that the rally you're referring to? Because it's not typical that you walk down the streets of Borough Park and see a Trump flag. But there was one rally where there was got a lot of attention. And is that the one that you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, the one where they had the, the mask burnings and, and the whole Heshi Tischler story, uh, that caused huge damage to the Frum community in, in many ways. Uh, and so, again, like I said, if everyone wants to vote one way, gesund hate. The problem becomes when we have a, a very uh, uh, exotic showing of our politics, where, where it becomes so externalized and so unstrategic, then we have a serious problem. You sound like Mike Farnesra Freelander, who basically said that, and others have said that Jews should be registered Democrats in New York City because that's where the real action is, and if you want to vote Republican in the other election, go ahead. Absolutely. Look at the case of uh, Elliot Engel I mentioned. Uh, Elliot Engel was the chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. He's a from Jew, lives in Riverdale. But he's a Democrat, and so he was unseated by Jamal Bauman, who is not nearly as pro-Israel as him. Uh, and it's an area that has thousands of from Jews. But so I asked, I asked people, I said, you know, how did he lose in your neighborhood? They said, you know, we're registered Republicans. If you're registered Republican in the Bronx, that's the same as being registered Democrat in Kentucky. It doesn't do anyone much good. Um, so I think it, it hurts our own interests, especially in New York. And in all honesty, I'll tell you, it really hurts Israel because uh, we have concerns about the Democratic Party. And the only place you can really get uh, Democratic members of Congress to really listen to the Jewish vote is New York. And so if all the Jews in New York are not registering Democrat, we, we really shot ourselves in the leg. But in the case of Elliot Engel, I'm not so sure that we can just blame the Orthodox Jewish community. Elliot Engel, and I know him for many years, he ran a terrible campaign. And when I saw him a few months before the election, he was sort of down and sort of had the feeling he was going to lose. So he didn't really put a lot of effort into it. And I like Elliot Engel. I think it is a big loss that we lost him. But I think that he didn't really have it in his the fire in his belly to really go out and win like he had in past elections. Um, so you also see it in the case of Max Rose in Staten Island, uh, and you see it if you look at the numbers of people who voted uh, in, in Borough Park, in New Square, in uh, Curious Hill, people in the New York Jewish community are leaving the Democratic Party in huge numbers, and the only people they're doing a favor for is the, uh, the, the Democratic Socialists of New York and the Radical Progressives, and it, it's not doing not the, the Jewish people and not the state of Israel any favors. Well, you mentioned in your article about the Bob Mendez in New Jersey, and I think that's an interesting story about him. Um, you quote him that he's upset at the Orthodox Jewish community, even though he went all out. So explain what you wrote about. So you take a guy like uh, Bob Menendez, who's a Democrat, and he was one of the only uh, one of the only Democrats to vote against Obama and oppose the Iran deal. And uh, there was a lot of pressure on him. But he ended up listening listening to his constituents from Teaneck, Passaic, Lakewood. 
uh, and he went against Obama. He paid a very big price. He was uh, prosecuted. They gave him a very hard time in the Democratic Party, no appointments. Uh, but you would think that at least come the election, you know, people who he, he sacrificed so much for would stand by him. And they didn't. Uh, and I heard from you know people who were close to him that it hurt him a lot, uh, just emotionally. He you know he felt his feelings were hurt. Uh, and so imagine if a Iran deal comes up now, all the, the the Jewish community in New Jersey that comes to Bob Menendez and says vote against it. You know how how are we going to do that? He'll, he'll say I did it last time, and you guys uh, didn't show up for me. So I think there's huge huge loss. Uh, to the, the Jewish community, the state of Israel, in the fact that from Jews who are often very pro-Israel are dropping out of the Democratic Party. And Cory Booker couldn't really care. He used to be more pro-Israel. He used to have a better relationship with the Jewish community. But during the Obama years, he pretty much chucked it, and it didn't seem to hurt him any. Yeah, and, and I'm sure he feels great about it because he says, look, I didn't go for the from community, and uh, my friend uh, Menendez, uh, who burnt his bridges with many in the Democratic Party, uh, lost so much, and I lost nothing. So he's he's happy. He you know he pleased the left side of the party, and uh, he didn't have to worry about the from Jews voting or not voting for him. Getting back to what we spoke about the Trump affiliation, a lot of the Orthodox Jewish community. I think there was some busloads that went from Brooklyn and Monroe and elsewhere to the rally in Washington. And what's your reaction to that? Because certainly people said, oh, look, you see, you have Orthodox Jews and you have neo-Nazis and others. But can we really blame them? Because you had 100,000 people, but the Orthodox Jews weren't really marching together with the neo-Nazis and those haters that were part of part of that group. Um, so I think everyone knew that the Proud Boys and other neo-Nazi groups are going to be there. That's one thing. But but let me let me take a step back. I, I mentioned the the concept of a Golusiyad that that's smart, yeah. And and I ask you, Le'ezetachlis, the man is voted out, yeah. It's done. It's over. So what? What for? What? What? You know, you, you see some yeshiva guys there. What did you take off second seder for? You know, the, you knew neo-Nazis are going to be there. Uh, you ended up being a, a, a part of a huge chilol Hashem and, and in some cases treason against the United States. Some of these people may face up to 20 years in prison. Uh, for what? The man's out of office. It's over. And I think that just proves how emotionally invested and unnecessarily invested people got in, in, in this man and were going to pay a price for it. But don't but don't you say don't you want orthodox Jews to be part of the political process and if they went to a demonstration in New York where they're protesting racial injustice can you blame them if you have black lives matters people that are part of the rally but they're not organizing it uh, so can you say that cuz you, you can't control who's going to be part of a strong rally you had 100,000 people in Washington DC so so like i said you know our our approach in Gullis always ha was and has to be smart. Uh, and so let's say someone's marching, uh, uh, you know, for racial justice, yeah? Uh, he has a tachlis, he knows why he's going, and he goes, you know, he believes in it, he's passionate about it, you know, lovely, that's great. But you have someone who's going to Washington for no clear purpose, it's, you know, it's fartig, it's over, uh, what are you going for? And and that brings me to the the, the, what the most serious aspect of this. I mentioned friends of mine who live in from communities and get called names and get 
you know, the, it, it, even death threats in, in the case of Rabbi Barry Kornblau, who's, you know, has been for, for years the rabbi of the young Israel in Queens. Uh, and so obviously we're not doing this strategic. We're not thinking from our head. Uh, and, and that's a major problem. Listen, there has been, but it goes both ways. I can tell you that while you have a large percentage of Orthodox Jews that were supportive of Trump with a tremendous passion, and that there was mm-hmm. a tremendous passion, but it also worked on on those that didn't like Trump. They hated Trump with a passion, too. The only time that I can tell you that I almost had a fistfight on my Shabbos table is when I had a supporter of Donald Trump and a supporter of Hillary Clinton. This was right after the election. And guess what? It was a supporter of Hillary Clinton, a woman who almost hit my guest who was a supporter of Donald Trump because it's so passionate. So it goes both ways. This was a four-year period where passions were heavy, on both sides of the equation. You know, Zev, you're absolutely right. You named the, the issue here, and I think that is the word passion. We need to take the passion out of this and think from our heads. We got to invest it. You know, we read these stories about Europe, where one Yid joined the Austro-Hungarian army, the other joined the Russian army, and they killed each other. Who needed it, right? Why? For what? Think from your. We need. We got so invested in in this ongoing cold civil war that we're turning on each other for what? For for nothing. You know, we had a Shabbos guest. I, I know you have uh, Givaldic Shabbos guests, and and uh, we're not far far from one another. But we had a Shabbos guest once. We we have people sign up. We don't know exactly who they are before they come. You know, whoever's called Dichven Yese. The person came. And she sits down at the table and everyone's sitting and introducing themselves. And uh, we ask her, what does she do? And she mentions she works for, she realized what she walked into. She works for a nonprofit. She didn't want to exactly say. So as the conversation goes on, she mentions that she's she's Jewish. She works for CARE, the Council of uh, American Islamic Relations, which, you know, has been uh, kind of excited about Al-Qaeda and other terrible things. Uh, and And we had a great meal. You know, she sat, she ate, fine. We we kept it out of it, and that's what we need to do. We need to come together. The American Jewish community has always been famous for its unity, for its friendship. We need to go back to that. We can't allow ourselves to be so emotionally invested in such fleeting moments that we turn on each other, that we allow our communities to be destroyed, that people say, I don't want to go to Shul because this person thinks that about politics or this about politics. We well, that's wrong. People, people should not blame shuls for it because people have their viewpoint. Shuls are a place to daven, and you can have political discussion with the Kiddush, but not during davening, I hope. And it should be all, there has to be a civility. When we come back, I want to take some of your phone calls. Click, listen, enjoy. Broadcasting live worldwide. Thank you for tuning in to TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. TalkLine Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best.
To advertise on the TalkLine network and TalkLine's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at TalkLineNetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Here is your host. And we're back. Rabbi Elchanan Pupko is our guest. He is with the Rabbinical Council of America and the Executive Board. He's written an article about American orthodoxies, what he's called their political suicide. We are taking your phone calls at 212-769-1925. Email is a wonderful way to have your questions answered. Zevbrenner at gmail.com. Before we get to our phone lines, Rabbi Pupko, Elizabeth writes from west, east side of Manhattan. I have a question for Rabbi Pupko. How can the Jewish community do practical and political tshuva for their mistake to blindly support Trump? How can we repair relationships with Democrats who we've ignored who actually are our important allies? Great question. I think that the number one priority is to heal our own communities and to make sure our own spaces are depoliticized families, communities. We need to know that we're united and that no matter what people think, uh, we need to stand together and everyone needs to feel safe. Uh, secondly, I would say whatever district you're in, go register. If you're in a district that is primarily Democrat, which is basically all of New York, register as a Democrat, make sure you make yourself heard and make sure that people know that you are you know, supporting whatever Jewish causes you're supporting. I would say that was number one thing would be uh, register. Okay, one more email before we get to our phone lines. Chaim from Flappish writes, there was a tiny fringe minority who burned masks. You're just so anti-Haredi that you paint us with a broad brush. Perhaps what bothers you so much is a simple fact that you hate Trump and the Haredim love him. You know, I think that proves exactly the point that that I'm mentioning. You know, to call me anti-Haredi because I don't support your politics uh, is exactly how we got to this point. You know, uh, I, I went to Haredi yeshivas that are more Haredi than most people. Uh, and, you know, my wife went to Beis Yaakov. So to suggest that I'm anti-Haredi because I don't support someone's politics, I think shows what kind of deep cleanup we need uh, and to make sure that we don't, questions people's frumkite because of, you know, what their politics are. I think that's that's the problem we're dealing with. Because I've gotten a bunch of emails saying that you're anti-Haredi, you're constantly bashing the Haredi community in your writings. So is there validity to that? I, I think it's funny. You know, I, I, I went to Haredi yeshivas. My wife went to Beis Yaakov. Uh, the institution I choose to support most is the Mir Yeshiva, even though I didn't go there. Um, and so, you know, I've done a lot to advocate for Jewish education. My fears are that, you know, the behavior we've seen from Heshi Tischler and, you know, people on 13th Avenue will hurt funding for yeshivas, which is why I've spoken out very clearly. Uh, and so to say that me, who is worried for the yeshiva's funding, who's worried for the from community, for our standing in the city, for our ability to have a sustainable community, uh, I, I think that speaks volumes to exactly the point I'm trying to make. One quick email before I get to the question. Some great email questions uh, from Brooklyn. Why didn't it bother Rabbi Pupko when New Square voted 99.3% for Bill Clinton? 
The answer is because I was busy learning in a Haredi yeshiva then. I did not. But have does Facebook that bother you now? Should we be voting ninety nine point nine percent for anybody? Um, I think that then they they it was because of you know they they had a particular deal going on where the the, the there was there's supposed to be a pardon I think right right yes um, I think that voting Democrat in New York State is not near you know voting ninety nine percent Democrat in New York State is not nearly as big of a problem as voting ninety nine percent Republican in New York State and and the biggest fear I have I'll say that right now and straight out. The biggest fear I have, and I mentioned it, I didn't want to bring it up in my article, is that come the fiscal year, this coming fiscal year, and the city and the state needs to make huge budgetary cuts, where do you think the first areas they're going to look to are? You know, What's going to be the pol- political fallout from them cutting all funding to those areas or, or cutting it seriously? That's a huge concern, and, and if you're pro-Haredi and if you're pro the Jewish community, you should be losing sleep over it. And I think, though, that all our talk about being political active, unfortunately, we have to do a lot more voter registration. And if we mm-hmm. did that, because, listen, take Borough Park. Borough Park was, has 20,000 families, 25,000 families. Yeah. I would dare say if we made sure that everybody was registered, there would be tremendous clout that could be used politically, which we're not doing so much. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, at, at Simcha Eichenstein's district, voted 80% Trump. So, you know, I, he's a great guy. I love him. But when the state looks at that district, they say, okay, these aren't uh, necessarily our guys. It's a danger for our community. When you talk about funding for, for busing, for yeshivas, for lunches, for STEM, for a million different things that, that we have been making tremendous progress on. I'm sure you know Maury Litwack and the... He does you know, great work, great work, does. yeah. We owe you. Uh, yeah, so that's the biggest danger, and, and that's where the biggest potential is. Imagine if you had a situation where we had full funding for yeshivas and day schools. And I think that's the biggest... Uh, biggest a lot of people waiting to speak to you. Let's go to Judy in Brooklyn, patiently waiting. Go ahead, Judy. Your question for Roy Pupko. Hi, good talk. Um, I kind of feel it's like almost like Monday quarterbacking, you know, Monday night quarterbacking, uh, because really President Trump, in my opinion, won, landslide won, and he had, he, had, he, had it not been cheating and all the stuff that was going on, he would still continue to be our president, and maybe you wouldn't be talking this way. But I want to tell you something, and I appreciate, please, let me say, I, want to, I do appreciate the stuff that you're saying. I get it, I get it, but I want to tell you something. Hakara Satov is very important, all right? President Trump has been the most unbelievable friend to Israel and to the Jewish people. That's one. Two, President Trump represents capitalism and freedom for the American Constitution, whereas I'm sorry to say the Democrats are not Democrats. They basically are socialists and communists, and that's what we're seeing now. They're suppressing our, our, our speech. They're suppressing our everything. They're, they're suppressing the truth, by the way, Rabbi. And I have to tell you something else. In New York over here... The progressives, uh, with their agendas, they're immoral, they're nonsensical, and you know it, and they're uh, a, a danger to the children that are going to yeshiva and what they want to teach. So your question for learn, Rabbi Pupko is, Judy? Well, I, you know, I'm trying to say, uh, you know, you're sitting there and you're going to kowtow to these people and go down to their level because you want all these programs. I, I tell you the truth. Um, I don't know if uh, New York is going to stand. I think that maybe uh, we should uh, go elsewhere. I'm not kidding you. This is a very dangerous time we're living in. I understand what the rabbi is saying, 
But I am very upset, and I will not allow anyone to trash President Trump. I won't allow it, because this man has been too good of a man. He's accomplished do you, do so you, much. Do you accept, Judy, do you accept that Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States, going to be your president, my president, our I president? No, I don't recognize him because I know that it was cheating beyond belief. So you don't so recognize Joe you know, Biden me, as let president. Uh, let's Robert Pope go. Go ahead. Um, no, I, I, no, you know, I don't. Uh, okay, go ahead, Robert. There's Pope. one thing we agree on, Judy. It is that uh, there are very dangerous elements in the uh, in, in parts of the New York Democratic Party, and they are sitting and celebrating that Jewish people are opting out and they get control of the, the Democratic Party in New York. In Williamsburg, for example. There was a congress, uh, sorry, not a congressman, a member of city council who for years was very good friends with the community, did everything for the community. And some people in Satmar said, you know what, he's a Democrat, we're not going to vote for him. Well, he got voted out, and guess who got voted in? Someone from a radically leftist and progressive branch of the party. So they are celebrating that, you know, people like you are opting out of the Democratic Party and handing it to them on a uh, silver plate. So I think Rabbi, we, we Rabbi, have to be Rabbi, strategic. I- Rabbi, Rabbi, Ten seconds, course, go I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And Chaim Dutch said the same thing. And he was begging everyone to still become Democrats because he said the Democrats, uh, Jewish people have to have the strength of the whole um, voting situation here. But how many Jews are there all together? And you want to put the blame all on Jews? I mean, it's a little bit, uh, something's wrong there. And basically, everything is up to Hashem. I don't know why. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know. Okay, so everything is up to Hashem, and, you know, we're living in really crazy times, times of Mashiach. What shall I tell you, Rabbi? Good, Judy, we're going to have to move I on, mean, but let me ask my final question to you. So come January 20th, do you? so who's going to be the President of the United States you, if you don't accept President Joe Biden? Biden. No, Biden will, but did you hear okay, him? Okay, so you, you fine. I want, I want, I, all I'm saying is that I want President Trump to go out with a royal carpet treatment, with dignity, with his head... And he lost it on Wednesday. That Wednesday thing on Ford, that's going to stain his presidency is what happened on Wednesday. Unfortunately, that's what's going to be the stain. Don't blame that on him, on those few people that went in there, that part was Antifa in there. That's how the media portrayed people. Well, I'm sorry. This is the problem with with the press. That's going to be the image of his legacy. Anyway, Judy, I appreciate your your phone call. All right, thank you. I appreciate your phone call. We have to move on. We have a lot of people calling. Let's go to Arya and Flatbush. Go ahead, Arya and Flatbush. Yes, yes, I want to say something. Your, your guest criticism of the Yeshiva boys, I'm getting a lot of feedback there. Go ahead, your, your yes. Guest, your guest criticism of the Yeshiva boys is very misguided, and I'll say why. Because, um, hashkafically, you know, uh, first of all, the question comes down to when the Goyim become wayward, are the Jews supposed to become involved? Or they're just supposed to let them, you know, become atheists and forget about God altogether, because that's what's going on today. And the answer is in the Torah, in Parshas Vayera, when Avraham Avinu became involved in Sadaim, he interfered. He didn't just let Sadaim get, get, uh, you know, wiped out. He, 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 he uh, argued for them because, uh, the Jews are supposed to be the oil of Goyim. They're supposed to get involved. So these yeshiva boys made a kiddush Hashem. And the problem today, what I see is that there are too many from Jews, and I, your guest is, a, is an example, in my opinion, I'm sorry to say, that fall below the, the level of schus avos. We're supposed to be above the avos, having and be climbing on the shoulders of giants, and, and we're supposed to at least have the passion that Avram Avinu had when he argued for Sadaim. But he wants to recall these yeshiva students because of strategic reasons. Well, let me tell you something. There's a big, re- there's a big argument 
that strategic calculations being a good I'm going to let Tenzin. Decision. We're going to have, we have other calls and have a lot of bunch of emails but coming in. I love that by being a good German got us in, in a lot of trouble, and that had to do with strategic calculations. Might have had to do with strategic. Okay, I appreciate your phone call. I'm going to let Rabbi Pupko respond to you. uh, To to anyone who thinks that Yiddishkeit and Frumkeit is going to be achieved through the ballot, you know, you you, you look at the Liberty University, at Jerry Falwell, at that whole movement that's crumbling now. You don't achieve Yiddishkeit by becoming hyper political. You achieve Yiddishkeit through virtue, through learning, through Torah, Meisim, Toivim. It's not going to be changed through the ballot box. It's through changing through changing ourselves. All right, let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Your question for our guest. Go ahead, Stan in Forest Hills. Judy, who called up there? It was Judy who was the first caller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, uh, she's back uh, talking gibberish as always. So uh, disregard what she says. She doesn't know what she's well, talking well, about. Let's have a civil conversation. All right, here, uh, Stan, uh, what's your question past, for our Let guess? me tell you something, Zev. Yeah. We're past the stage of civility as after what's happened. I'm not the one that's done it, but we passed it. Let me tell this guy about his article. It's too late, much too late. It should have been taught a long time ago to the Orthodox community. Number one, Ellen Engel lost because the uh, area of the community that he was changed from Hispanic to black, and that's why he lost. Jews did not come out in any force for him at all. That's the reason he lost. Nothing more, nothing less. Demographics, gone. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. I wish he did win. Secondly, most importantly, the Orthodox community, and you made the point to some extent, it's dangerous, are finished in terms of any support uh, from this administration. Done. And uh, for their fervor, for their godlike support for Trump, and they had a right to do that. You know, God brought him. Yeah, God brought him. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, God brought him. We have now seen what God has brought, and so forth. But the third thing is most important. I don't need Republicans becoming Democrats because there are no Republicans in this state and there's no Republican Party. Build up the Republican Party. Don't tell me that you need to be a Democrat to win an election. No, no, no. What they're saying, Stanley, and this is what Ezra Freelander pointed out in an article that we had him on a few a month or so ago, is that the most important races in New York are in the Democratic Party. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. And if you want to have point. influence, you have to be voting the Democratic yes primary. Yes and no. You have to build your party, okay? I'm not saying that uh, you're right. The Democrats... Have, have done the correct thing over 40 years. But there was a Republican Party here. They had Jews. They had Louis Lefkowitz. They had uh, Nelson Rockefeller. They had uh, 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 Jacob Javits. They had a, a powerful... Build and up um, your and party. we have a lot of people calling, no so problem, I'm going to no let, let Rabbi Popko quickly respond to you, because we got to go, go ahead, sure. Okay. Rabbi Popko, you want to respond to Stan? So I, I, I think... Yeah, sure. Like I said, what you vote in the ballot box is one thing. How you conduct yourself publicly is a whole other thing. And uh, I think we both agree that what's been done in the public sphere, in the eyes of the cameras, we we caused huge damage to our own community. Hey, thanks, Vico. Let's go to, I think, is it Norman in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Norman. Hi. Yes. Okay, I just, I don't want to really comment on what the guest said, but I just want to um, comment, what I want to say is, that, you know, the Democrat side, they're always saying how Trump, he's unhinged, he's um, all, all these, um, um, how do you say, how they're judging him. Now you have this person that came on the air so passionately saying that the Jews are going to lose everything. He always claims that his side is so civil and everything, 
and you see he's the same as 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 the as the as the side of the Trump side. You know what I'm saying? He, he keeps on claiming that he's so civil and he's this and Trump is this and Trump is that, but you see the hate coming out of his mouth. What's called when he when he's able to do it? So I think he shouldn't talk about Trump. He should talk, think about both sides have their problems. You want to res- you want to respond to that? This guy Stan. He just shows his true colors. He keeps on always criticizing President Trump and this and that. I think. I think what we all agree on is that going forward, our community needs to uh, be smarter and and safer for everyone. You just talk. You just what you're talking is you're talking in you know in 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 in, in La La Land. Right, There's I, a big I, problem over here. All right, we, 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 got, we got your point. Like, you know, you, you, what you want to do is you want to support the political candidate, be quiet. It doesn't work like that. All right, I, I appreciate your phone. We have a lot. I ask, please be brief and to the point. We got so many. Here's a question from the uh, five towns. How is it acceptable that Trumpers in the community call other Jews who are Democrats self-hating Jews, Nazis, and capos? That's exactly the problem we're dealing with. Our shuls are not safe for everyone. We need to take politics out of our public sphere. We can't, you know, leave the fighting for other people. We need to be able to stand together to have civil discourse without people, you know, pushing each other around. Okay, well, let's read some more. We have a ton of questions. Okay, so we're going to break, and when we come back, we'll take some more of your phone. I'm going to read some of your email quote. We've got some really great questions coming up. Rabbi Khanum Pupko is our guest. We'll be right back right after these messages. Check this out. Hi, this is David Gabay, and you're listening to The Zev Brenner Show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please become a fan of Talk Line with Zeb Brenner on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and YouTube. On Twitter at TalkLine Network, if you have an Android phone, please download our free app in the Google Store. For iPhones, download the Jewish Radio app. Of course, tune in 24 hours a day at TalkLineCommunications.com for nonstop Jewish broadcasting. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. To a lot of your phone call, a lot of your emails, Rabbi Pupko was our guest. Here's a question from Shoshana from Baltimore, Rabbi Pupko. If the shore on the other foot, if you were a Democrat, lived in a conservative state like Texas, would you advocate that all from Jews should vote Republican there? Perhaps what is underlying your criticism is a simple fact that you can't stand that the from community likes Trumps and Republicans. So I, I, I've said it on several occasions. If I lived in Kentucky or in Wyoming, you know, there's no question I would be active in the Republican Party if that's the only way to have, you know, my voice heard. Yes, absolutely. If you want to be heard, uh, then you, you got to find a way to do it. If you ask me to, you know, who ultimately I'm voting for, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. He's not on the ballot. You know, you got to deal with what you have. Uh, and so if you live in New York and you're registering Republican, you might as well, you know, register for Narnia. Uh, if you're in Kentucky and you're registering Democrat, same thing. So, yes, I would advocate. Exactly okay, here's a quick email. And I'm going to try everybody. Please be succinct because we have a lot of calls, a lot of email questions. David Rice, the reason why there is more polarization of our society now is that the left is doing more and more to polarize it. 
in trying to take over this country and enslave us all. It is opposing everything America stands for and every sense of decency, honor, morality, freedom, reason, and science that civilization has developed since the Dark Ages. We're descending deeper and deeper into the pit, and the last things Jews should do is unite behind such a monstrous evil. Many Jews tried that in the 1930s and did not go well for them in the human race. You're just plain wrong in your assessment of our shuls. I go to shul all the time. There is never any political arguments there. We just ignore as mentally deranged the very few who support the Democratic Party. <laughs> we almost unanimously support the principles of the Republican Party and freedom. If you go to a shul where you are being harassed by supporters of stolen elections, lockdowns that have needlessly wrecked our economy, appeasement of anti-Semitic Iranian mullahs, and praise for looting BLM riders, then maybe you should just go to another shul. Many shuls here in Borough Park don't have the problems that you infer are happening all over. We Jews should be like the civilization, not mindless parroters, a liberaloid fantasies. We certainly should unite, but for the good and for not for the evil. Quick response to that. Look, I mean, we saw the pogroms in Borough Park. It, it, it was a horror to see Jews turn on Jews, whether it's against Jacob Kornbluth or others. What, what uh, you, call, not you call the, the not the pogrom? You call it a pogrom? Absolutely. It wasn't a pogrom. A it was a rally. Or maybe it was a riot, but it wasn't a pogrom. Pogrom is no, when you have government-sanctioned riots, but that's not a pogrom. That's it a government sanction. Violence. It was violence. Yes, the, pogrom. You no. Call it a lynch. We'll call it a lynch. It wasn't a lynch. The it was a riot, there. and it was wrong what happened to Jacob Cornblue, and you had some people that that engaged in unlawfulness, and it's wrong, and he should not have been threatened. And I said this to Heshi Tesher on the air. It was wrong, and I think uh, he realized he wouldn't do it again because it was wrong. But- it, it, it wasn't the first case, and and so to say that oh, in Borough Park everyone's getting along fine and dandy, it's not true. And so there's nothing more un-American than vilifying half a country. Which, by the way, I would tell Republicans and Democrat, you can't say the other side are rishoim. And there's nothing more un-Jewish than saying that another yid is is a bad person because of his political. Absolutely, I don't agree with you, but I wouldn't call it program. Let's go to Cindy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Cindy in Brooklyn. Your question for Rabbi Popko. Hi, Zev. So your guest said that what's done in the public sphere causes damage, and I agree. Um, and he says that a Gullis Yid has to be smart. So I'm wondering why Rabbi Pupko writes and tweets attacks against Haredi Jews and partners with others who do the same. He talks about Heshi, Heshi Tischler, who's really, he has a very small following in the community. And, and the last thing we need is for an Orthodox rabbi to be giving Heshi Tischler so much press. What we need is for an Orthodox rabbi to be talking about Amber Adler, a responsible Orthodox from woman who's running in that race. So I'm wondering if a lot of this um, drama that Rabbi Pupko is, is stirring up is perhaps about getting more press coverage for Rabbi Pupko. Um, first of all, thank you for the question and the uh, suggestions there. Um, I, I do not spend my time attacking from Jews. I think that Heshi Tischler has earned himself his own fame. I am not the one making him famous, at the least. I think he be- he's become a uh, national or in- international figure, and that's a sad thing. Uh, unfortunately, I, listen, I spoke to someone, an elected official in the, uh, in the, the, the Brooklyn area, and he told me that the number of phone calls his office has been getting from international TV stations, I'm not talking about national, from France, from Italy, all in, these scenes echoed around the world. So I'm, I'm not making Heshi Tishler famous. Unfortunately, the Chilol Hashem that was caused became you know, very well known before uh, I mentioned it. Well, I live in Brooklyn, 
and we have a lot of positive things going on, and we have responsible elected officials, responsible um, community leaders. We have candidates like Amber Adler, who who just leaves Heshi Tischler in the dust, and you keep talking about Heshi Tischler. Great. She's terrific. And right. you know what? I, so I stop gave talking her a few about Heshi Tischler and stop trying to vilify the entire community based on Heshi Tischler. It's enough already. There's more to I the community we, beyond Heshi We would Heshi all Tischler. do better. I agree with you. We'd all do better without him, and we should all focus on the good things. And that's exactly what I urge people to do in my article. Right. We, so we as a Dallas Yid, you have to be smart about not constantly going after the Haredi community. Which I am not. I am not going constantly after the Haredi community. In fact, most of my work doesn't even pertain to the Haredi community. Uh, what I mentioned was, in fact, the Orthodox community. Some people said, oh, well, look, modern Orthodox people did this or that. You know, I mentioned Riverdale. I mentioned Staten Island. I mentioned uh, Teaneck. Uh, all these things. It's, um, it's not about Haredi, Hasidish, modern Orthodox. The entire it's not Orthodox how it comes community. Across, it's not how it comes across on Twitter in the way you post. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of calls about that, a lot of Twitters. They, they, there's a perception out there, Rabbi Popko, that you're anti-Haredi, that you spend a lot of time bashing. Here's another uh, Twitter that I'm getting. The rabbi stood with a group of radicals called the New York Agenda to knock from Yidden, those who wanted to return to their shuls. The group had no real Orthodox rabbis, mostly Reform conservative. By standing with them, he lost any standing selection to from caring about anything. I'm getting tons of those kinds of emails and questions. So how do you respond to that? Because you keep saying you're not anti-Haredi. So why is that perception persist out there? Uh, I think that a lot, it, like I said, it speaks exactly to the problem we're dealing with, which is you don't agree with my politics, you're not from. You don't agree with my politics, you're not Haredi. It's why my friend Ben Kelson in his community gets called Kapo when he goes to Shul. We can't allow for our definition of Haredi or not Haredi to, uh, to characterize, be characterized by politics. I signed a letter in support of Governor Cuomo and health measures. That was my number one priority. By the way, my wife is an MD. Uh, and so, you know, health first. And, and I think protecting the lives of other Jews is a top priority. And that's what I stood by. But to say that, you know, because I don't agree with you politically means... Um, Rabbi you know, Pupko, I'm a Democrat. Rabbi Pupko, I'm a Democrat. I'm a mask-wearing Democrat in Haredi, Brooklyn. Okay, that's uh, you know, masks are important. And, and I find your so Twitter posts to be very anti-Haredi. If there's anything specific, please feel free to tag me and Zev Brenner so we can address it. Anyway, Cindy, thank you for some good questions. Thank you for your call. Okay, here's another email and catch a bunch of calls to Stephen writes from Piermont, New York. Your guest raises some interesting points. However, his remarks about the wisdom or lack thereof of going to the rally on Wednesday are not very informed. There is much evidence that this election chief amongst them was the refusal of the key states to allow it to be seriously audited. So as of Wednesday, Biden's election was not a fait accompli. By the way, the Proud Boys are not a white nationalist group. They have Hispanic and black members. Um, I think we knew there would be neo-Nazis there, and, and we now see that there were all Jewish day schools. Let me tell you something. All Jewish day schools and, and kindergartens in Washington, D.C. were ordered to close prior. So you're going to a rally where you know every single Jewish school, regardless of politics, is told to close down. That's a major problem. There, there's a list now of the organizations involved in that rally. We're talking Nazis. We're not talking, you know, someone who you don't agree with their politics. You know, you all saw the, the, the guy with the T-shirt, Camp Auschwitz. 
these are things we knew about. And, you know, people referred to my Twitter. I warned people. I said the night before, I said, you know, Nazis will be there. Do not go. You will need to explain this to your great-grandchildren. Uh, and so it, it was not a secret. Nothing here was anyway, a secret. Anyway, uh, Robbie Pupko, we have, a lot, we have a few moments left, a lot of calls. Rachel from the Upper West Side of Manhattan, your question for Robbie Pupko. Oh, yes, sir. Um, there, there's a contradiction going on here. Orthodox Jews should not be so politicized, yet you're advocating that we go out and vote Democratic. That's point number one. Point number two, uh, I don't understand or appreciate the slandering of Heshi Tischler's name. And my question to you is how many children have you fostered with your own money over the years? Thank you. I think referring to Heshi Tisha does a lot of community work, and that's what she's referring to. He helps a lot of kids and goes to jails and helps people, so he has a tremendous amount of community right. work that he does. Uh, Robert, put a quick response to uh, Rachel from the Upper Two West Side. Two very good questions. Uh, question number one, you know, the Mormons, the Amish, they're all political. They vote. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're perceived to be uh, toxically political. Uh, there's a difference between making sure you have turn high turnout rates and, uh, and, and becoming someone you know, like Liberty University, which is synonymous with extreme politics. Uh, and that's what we have to do. We have to vote 100% of the vote, but we cannot become another Liberty University. Uh, with regard to the second question, I think Hashi Tischler does fantastic work uh, with fostering or whatever it is, good deeds he has done. Uh, as, as the Gemara says, uh, you know, an Avera doesn't extinguish a mitzvah, and a mitzvah does not extinguish an Avera. I'm sure he has many, many merits to him. All right, thank you for your phone call. Let's move on to Tzvi in Union County, New Jersey. Your question for Rabbi Pupu. Go ahead, Tzvi in Union County, New Jersey. Hi, this is Alexander in Brooklyn. Oh, Alexander in Brooklyn. Okay, we'll get to Tzvi next. Go ahead, Alexander in okay. Brooklyn. Uh, I object to the rabbi not objecting to Stan's comment on the rabbi Nishlelem and didn't pick up when he talked about Sadaim, which is basically epicarsis, and I expect from a real rabbi... I don't think Stan, I don't think Stan spoke about Saddam. I think it was another caller. I think you may be mixing a couple Stan callers. Stan shot his mouth off about, about everything coming from Hashem, including Saddam or something, that made a quirk. And mm -hmm. as a rabbi, where's the Kvach what, what, what specifically are you talking about? I'm sorry. What was the implication and what should have been said? He made an implication about everything being from Hashem, and then he spoke mm -hmm. about Saddam is also from Hashem. The people, they also right. did everything, everything from Hashem. He made a quirk that he always throws something in which is anti-religious, and I totally, I'm making a machah publicly. I object, and I find it distasteful that the rabbi did not pick it up. Everything I else, I don't, uh, I don't I, care I, for I, the sure. rabbi's politics. That's nothing nice. Okay. Right, you know, I, 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 I didn't pick up what you picked up, but if the rabbi put what you um, pick you up, know, what? When... When someone asks the questions, there's a lot of information that comes. Exactly. I try and address the general point. Someone also said they don't think Joe Biden won the election. I didn't protest that, even though I think it was, you know, obviously absurd. Uh, anyway, thank you for your phone. We're, we're almost out of time, and I do want to go. Three from uh, Union County, New Jersey. Your question for Rabbi Pupko. Hello. Yes, go good ahead, Sri. Yes, good evening. Uh, so, Rabbi Pupko, you said that you're concerned with how Jews are viewed by the broader community uh, in terms of who they support. But you should also be careful to, you know, fact-check your own article because you said that there were beatings and lynch and a lynching with regard to Heshi Tischler and uh, the burning of the masks. There was no lynchings of anyone in Brooklyn. Nobody was lynching is a, is a murder. Nobody was killed. Mm -hmm. 
So someone could read that and, and, and assume Chas Shalom that the Jews were killing other Jews or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's num- number uh, one. Number, number two, quickly. Go ahead, yeah. Number two, uh, you said Jews shouldn't sue Cuomo. We have to give get handouts from him. But, you know, Cuomo shut down the shuls in the beginning before the Jews sued. The Jews sued uh, because the shuls were shut down. And guess what? The Supreme Court agreed with Agudath uh, Israel. They didn't agree with Cuomo. So Agudath Israel was right and Cuomo was wrong. Rabbi Popko, your response. Uh, so with regard to the beatings I mentioned, there was someone who was taken into the hospital with an ambulance. There were two separate episodes. Uh, and, and, you know, thankfully those are behind us. Uh, but there were two very ugly episodes. And, and one did include sending someone to the hospital. Thankfully, the police were there. The idea that a Yid should beat up another Yid or that a wrong, Yid... Wrong, 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 wrong. But it's not a pogrom, wasn't lynching, but there was wrong... And and I think we have to condemn it in the strongest terms. Any beating, especially for political views or religious views, it, there's no place for it in Judaism. There's no place in our society. To his second point, uh, with regard to the the lawsuit, listen, it's a it's a debate we can engage in for a very long time. Uh, I think shuls have been closed in Eretz Yisrael, in England, in Belgium. Uh, so to go and say Governor Cuomo is an anti-Semite is so harmful and damaging. You can say I disagree with this particular step, but Schulz have been closed in so many different countries. Uh, they didn't and... say he was anti-Semite. They said it was a violation of the First Amendment of religious practice. So there, was, there was no allegations of anti-Semite. I thought it was terrific that they had a victory because it's my position that every place has to be treated the same, whether it's a liquor store or a supermarket or a house of worship. The rules have to be the same. The social distancing rules, how many people can be allowed in there. You can't say one place can have X amount of people, the other ones can't have any people or very little people. And I think that's a fundamental rule that the Supreme Court upheld, that you can't discriminate against the house of worship. It has to be an equal and level playing field. Anyway, thank you for... And you were mistaken about the word lynching, so please address that. All right, thank you for that. We're going to squeeze in one email question. We're almost out of time, and I apologize if we didn't get to all your questions, all your phone calls. Lila writes, there are many non-Jews that are disturbed and wonder why so many Orthodox Jews are registered Democrats and vote Democratic. Supporting Trump showed that we would not tolerate the way the Democratic Party is heading, and it's important to get this message across. Uh, When you go into the ballot box, you can vote however you want and uh, no, no one knows about it. Uh, you, you, there's a big difference, like I said, between the, the public and the private. By voting, you know, if you think that having everyone, every Jew in New York voting in, in a Republican primary, which is completely meaningless and inconsequential as some kind of a, a grand statement, uh, you, you want to make a grand statement, go uh, give out candles with Chabad or, or put on tefillin. To say that every Jew in, in New York voting Republican and therefore uh, disenfranchising our vote, disenfranchising our institutions, and hurting our community, that, you know, that's not, not a way to make a moral statement. Our final email we're going to read is from Yehudis. She writes, It is somewhat insulting to be lectured by someone that wants to criticize the whole Orthodox community. If all the politicians see that we as a whole support those that have more of a moral view on issues than the Torah holds dear, that's a good thing. Besides, we do what our Gadolim tell us to do. No regrets here. So, you know, to say that the President Trump is the more moral one, I think that uh, there are plenty of people who will, will tell you it's the exact opposite and uh, see him as immoral, you know, definitely around the globe. That's the way things are seen. Uh, you know, we, we, have, we have 613 mitzvahs. We have a lot, a lot of things we stand for. We have 
Go ahead, thousands Rabbi. of years of history, expressing our morals in, in, in this narrow way is meaningless. Rabbi Ochanan no, Pupko, the uh, speaker, president of Eitan, the American-Israeli Jewish Network, member of the Executive Committee of the Rabbinical Council of America. Thank you for being with us. We apologize to all the callers and listeners we couldn't get through. We've got to have you back again, and thank you for being part of our show tonight. Thank you. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to TalkLine Network, America's leading Jewish radio and TV network since 1981. This concludes Jewish programming for tonight. For continuous, non-stop Jewish broadcasting, please go right now online to TalkLineCommunications.com. For more information on all of TalkLine's Jewish radio and TV shows, please call 212-769-1925 or email info at TalkLineCommunications.com.